Empowering you with strategies to succeed. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. Hello there. I'm so glad that you joined me this month. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jen Tringale. Maybe this is your first time listening, and if so, I'm so glad that somehow, some way, you came across this podcast this month. And if you are a regular listener, I just want you to know how much we appreciate you. And I just pray that this is continuing to be a help in a place of inspiration and right on time encouragement in your life. Well, this is the month of February, and I recently just got to celebrate a birthday. I was in the state of New York getting ready to speak at an event that week, and so I went in early so I could spend my birthday in New York City. Hello, not a bad way to spend a birthday. And of course, I have family in the state of New York and in the New York City area, and so we did sort of a girls New York City birthday and had the best time. Of course, being Italian, we had a great birthday dinner in Little Italy. Oh, the food was amazing. I got to go to the Museum of Modern Art while I was there and just, oh, it just got me. It was amazing. I actually wrote a blog about it. So if you haven't connected with the blog, maybe check it out, especially if you're an art lover, you'll really love it. But you know, I think on birthdays, I do this somewhere in there, try to, and I think all of us do, is you kind of sort of recount, you know, maybe the last year of your life or your life in general. And and I found myself just kind of doing that and just really recounting all that God has done in my life. And not just what He has done, but what God is doing, what He's building in me, you know, as a person, as a believer, and then what He's called me to do. And I think it's so important to stop and do things like that. And especially around birthday time, you know, everything just seems to be really significant. But I wanted to share a verse with you connected to that. And it's found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, in verse 19. It says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of His household. You are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And I love that last verse. Another translation says it this way, in him, you also are builded together for a habitation of God through the spirit. This is so powerful on so many levels. And I was thinking about this verse because really it kind of just captured what I was just recounting with the Lord. And that is God, you you are building something in my life. And you know, that's really what God is doing with all of us. No matter what we're called to, no matter what season of life we're in, you could say in every season and in every one of our lives, the ultimate thing that God is working to do is He is building a habitation of Himself 
through the Spirit, through us. And he's building that very systematically. He's building it very patiently, but it is a work in process. He's building it because it is something that is growing larger and larger. Think about where you were in your relationship with God, maybe just a few months ago, maybe a year ago. If you've been a believer for a longer amount of time, Think about where you are in your relationship with God now, what you know of Him, and where you were 10 years ago, maybe even just five years ago. And you can stop and realize God is building. He's adding on to this place that He has to have His habitation in us and through us. So He's doing it through our relationship with Him first and foremost But to what end? It's not just for the connection that we have for him, with him, but he's doing it because that habitation of God that we are goes with us in every single room that you and I walk into. It goes with us everywhere we go. It's the habitation of God he's building to be larger, to affect where you work to affect where you go to school. He's building a larger habitation of himself in your marriage and in your family. I mean, that's why, no doubt, somewhere along the way, maybe you and your spouse have stopped and said, you know what? We have got to just start taking time to pray together and to do it more often. Maybe you decided we need to get more diligent about it. We need to get more habitual about it. And so what would compel you to do that is because God is building a habitation of himself through your marriage. Maybe it's something you have children you've decided to do as a family. What would compel you to do things like that? It's because God is drawing you to build a habitation of himself, even through your family. Why? So all of this is because people have something to look at to see God upon and say, what is this about you? I remember years ago, I got some time with this wise woman that was just known in the church we grew up in. as just sort of a mama in the faith. She was a prayer warrior, and everybody just loved her, and she could preach like nobody's business. And I remember one time, for whatever reason, I was sitting next to her after church. And, and so I just remember asking her some sort of a question like, What is it that God is doing with all of us? It was just this very open-ended, extremely general question. But, you know, as a, a young teenager, it was like all the vocabulary that I had. I just wanted to pull on the God in her. And I remember she just looked at me and smiled and she said, everything that God is wanting to do through you is so that people can see him on you. He is building a habitation for himself through our work, through our relationships, through us so that people have something to look at to go, what is that? Is that God? Because I want that. So we're kind of talking about destiny in a really big picture, but I want to kind of boil this down to something that I feel like God has just been reverberating in me and and just really highlighting for us to look at. Because at the same time that God is building, your enemy is after breaking apart what God is building through you. You could almost say it this way, all the while God is building, 
the enemy of your soul is bombing. He is trying to thwart every advancement, every new brick that is laid, every place of expansion where this habitation of God is getting bigger and larger in you, in your family, through your job, and and all of that. All the while that God is doing that, the enemy is seeking. What does the Bible say? He seeks whom he may devour. He is wanting to bomb, to create a break or a breach in what God is building in you. I want us to kind of look at this for a second. What does it mean to have a break or a breach in what God is building? It's actually defined as a few things that I think actually we could probably pinpoint at some point in our life and and maybe even some places in our life right now. A break or a breach is defined as something that makes a gap. It's something that causes a rift, a crack, something that causes a fracture or an opening. And so the end game of the enemy's bombing what God is building, the end game of anything that's trying to make a gap, create a rift, a crack, a fracture, or an opening is coming against what God is building through you so that you will question Well, I I thought that God was drawing us to do this, but it's just gotten so crazy intense ever since I decided to, you know, for us to start praying together, ever since we started, you know, doing devotions as a family, ever since I started being more conscious of bringing God into the workplace, bringing God into school, it just seems like things have gotten a little crazy. And the end game of all of that is so that you will question the steps that you're taking that are adding to this habitation of God that he's building. So let me just put this question out there. How do you close a break? How do you deal with something that is making a gap or a rift, a crack, a fracture, or an opening? How do you deal with maybe a breach in what you were so sure about and now questions are bombarding your mind. Or let me lay it out to you this way. How do you deal with a break or a breach in your life because of choices that somebody else has made or is making? And it is causing that gap, that crack, that fracture or an opening. How do we deal with this? Because the truth is, is that it happens at some point and usually at different points in life for all of us. So how do you deal with a break or a breach in something? I want to share with you a story that I came across. And this is the time during the World War. It happened in the Netherlands in 1944. And bombers had breached four different dams in the Netherlands surrounding the island of Walcheren. And this island was a part of the Netherlands, but it was really key for them because it was actually called the fruit basket of Holland, of that area. And the reason was because it supplied Holland with the large share of its food. So when they bombed the dams that surrounded this island, it actually flooded and began to sink this island, which was the source of of most of their food. Not only was it cutting off their food supply, but it left over 50,000 farming families homeless. 
So all four of these breaches had to be sealed before winter came because there was no way that they were going to survive with their food supply cut off this way through the winter. And so immediately work began and these people did everything that they knew to do. They tried to to build up the dam. They tried to rush in all hands on deck and And it was just absolutely futile. Everything that they tried to do to rush to secure these dams was just falling apart and the water levels were rising. But all of a sudden, in the month of June of that year, something amazing happened. And I love this story because it gives us such an incredible key of what God is building in our lives and how he keeps what he's building secure. You see, in June of that year, while they were pretty much at their wits end and looking at a no-hope situation, all of a sudden, their allies showed up with supplies and workers. Listen to this story. This is so amazing. The Americans showed up with Navy boats, and they brought in their boats full of workers and materials to help start the work on securing these breaks in these dams. Great Britain came. They brought equipment. They brought sandbags. They brought clothing for the people. The Swiss came and they built barracks for workers. The Swiss built over 2,000 barracks to house these workers in just a short amount of time. That alone was an amazing feat. Belgium came and constructed a temporary railway to transport the supplies and the workers back and forth. It was painstaking work, but finally they were successful in closing all four breaches. Now, normally their crops couldn't push through this salt water soaked island for at least five years. So even after they had these breaches secured, what they realized was that the effects of the attacks of their enemy were still looking at causing them some long-term problems. Crops can't push through saltwater-soaked earth for five years. This was going to leave them without their food supply. But this is so powerful. There was a group of Dutch engineers that discovered a non-toxic mineral helpful to plant life called gypsum. And when they put it over the soil of this island, this non-toxic mineral actually cleansed the soil and fertility returned in record time. And the Dutch motto lived on from this monumental year in 1944, which says, I fight and I emerge. It's amazing because there was no way that they could solve all of their own problems without the help of their allies. You see, when God connects you, when God brings divine connections in our life, oh my goodness, they are so deep. And they're deep because they're made of spiritual substance. Sometimes divine connections, spiritually divine connections like that can be even closer than family. And it's really amazing. I mean, I've had moments where, you know, I met somebody and hadn't even really known them a long time. But, you know, we both just knew, man, God is in this. This is a divine connection. And And I haven't even known them that long, but there's just something that drops in your heart that says, you know what, if 
I haven't known them that long, but if they called me tomorrow and said they were in trouble, I would drop everything and I would have their back. What is that? Divine connections aren't just a cool thing to happen for a moment. You see, divine connections, where we could say your allies are part of the habitation that God is building in your life. You see, this life that we're living, this destiny, purposeful life, is not just about getting somewhere. It's not just about fulfilling the plan. It's not just about achieving what God's called you to do, achieving something or getting somewhere. It's not just about that, but it's also about a quality of a destiny life. It's about arriving intact. It's about arriving in fullness, and that requires allies. I want to read this verse to you found in the book of Ecclesiastes. It's chapter 4 and verse 12. It says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, but a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. This is painting us a picture of allies that God puts in our life that are not just called to us, but we are called to them. You know, last year I had the chance to minister in Great Britain and I had a couple of days in London. And one of the things that I love that I got to do in that short amount of time is somebody had told me about this place at Westminster Abbey. And a lot of tourists don't really recognize it. It's kind of tucked away in the back, but it's Winston Churchill's War Rooms. And you have to get tickets for it. It's underground, but this is essentially the underground bunkers where Winston Churchill, during the World War, set up his war rooms. And he and his teams and military personnel literally lived in these bunkers for months. And this is where they strategized every step of that war. And what's amazing is the day that the war ended, They literally left everything in these war rooms, in these bunkers, exactly the way it was, and they sealed it. And so years later, they opened it up, and you can actually go and walk through it. It is amazing. If you ever get the chance to go to London and visit, I highly suggest that you take some time to go visit those war rooms. But there was a quote as you're walking in of Winston Churchill's on the wall, and It just struck me. I never forgot it. But Winston Churchill, in essence, and I'm paraphrasing, said something like this. He said, there is one thing that is worse than having to go to war, and that is going to war without any allies. You see, he understood that in order to press through, in order to build something great, in order to protect what you have built and to continue on, you're going to have to have the help of allies. You see, what all of this shows us is that as God is building something through us, God's also building something tremendous through his body. And in order to have that built through his body, he knits us together. He connects us together. He allies us together so that we can together go from strength to strength from faith to faith, 
and from glory to glory. The truth is the enemy hates these allied connections. He hates them because they are so powerful. And he also hates it because he sees that it's all a part of what God is building in the earth. I want to share some scriptures with you and I'm going to go through these pretty quick, but it's amazing how much the Word of God has to say about these places that God is building, how He knits us together, how He connects us and gives us allies. Psalm 139 and verse 13 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You see, this work of knitting together is a mode of operation of God. He knit me together. He knit you together. And then as the body of Christ, he knits us together with one another. Colossians 2 and verse 2 says that your hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. This verse tells us that if I'm actually going to come into the fullness of the understanding and the knowledge of what God wants me to understand about who Jesus is, it's going to require that I be knit together in love. Look at this. Ephesians 4 in verse 16 says, From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body of Christ to grow so that it builds itself up in love. When we are connected, we are being built up. We are expanding. We are broadening. We are getting stronger and greater. What does the word tell us? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Well, there is a piece of that greatness of God in you that comes when each part is working properly and connected together. I mean, this should be telling you and I right now why we have had to make sure to guard key relationships and places of divine connection in our lives. I think I had mentioned this on a previous podcast, but I was just telling a leader the other day, a friend of mine, I said, you know, I don't know what it was about 2018, but I had to guard and protect key relationships in my life like no other time in my life I can ever remember. I mean, I had to contend For those relationships, I had to stand my ground and no doubt they had to do the same with me. And I heard so many people just sort of the same thing reverberate where they really had to make a stand and say, you know what? I'm not going to be disconnected from you. I'm not going to let this dissipate. I'm not going to buy the lie that, oh, well, you know, some relationships are just for a season. No, if God divinely connects you and you are spiritually connected, I believe that the things of the Spirit are eternal. That is deep. That's a deep work. And it's not something that God just plans for a moment in time. I believe it's something that He plans for a lifetime. Listen to this first, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. It says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. 
What this tells me is that as the peculiar, royal, holy nation and priesthood that we are, there's something that happens when we ally together, when we join forces together. That verse tells us that we are actually proclaiming the excellencies of who God is. This is the last one, Psalms 100 and verse 3. It says, Know that the Lord, He is God, and it is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people. We are the sheep of His pasture. This whole concept of allies, who are your allies? You know, each one of us in our life, we're going to have blind spots, things that we can't see. And there's something about having right allies in your life to help you see what you can't see so that you can take care of what you need to take care of. I don't know what's been going on in your life and maybe stuff you've been fighting in your thoughts and your emotions, but I feel like the purpose of this podcast is any place where the enemy's been at work to make a gap or create a rift or a crack, to fracture or create an opening. Just know, number one, that the enemy is behind every piece of that. And that the antidote for what the enemy is trying to do, or if he has done it, the antidote for it is the God-sent allies, the people God has sent in your life. And this should give us a strategy for 2019 to protect our allies, to be an ally. Because God works through these relationships, through our allies, and it has our back. Celebrating this birthday has been such a great occasion. Some people loathe birthdays, but I'm just so thankful for another year to be alive and see what God has in store and also to celebrate all God has done for me. And I've always said this, that seems like ever since I was a young girl, God has always made me so rich in relationships, in divine key relationships. I've just always been surrounded by such amazing quality people. And I valued that. I recognized that ever since I was a young girl. And and so I am that way. If I feel divinely connected with someone, I might not get to see them for a long time. We might not get to talk for months, but you know how it is. I'm sure you have these two where it doesn't matter. As soon as you run into them or or pick up the phone, you just pick up, you know, right where you left off because you sort of have this secondhand understanding that you are connected by something that is bigger than both of you. And so over the course of my birthday, I got to hear from so many amazing people that God's put in my life. Some I haven't gotten to talk to in a while. I think birthdays are good for that. But I also got to connect with a friend of mine that we were friends years ago back in Bible college days and just stayed real loosely in touch. Haven't heard from her in a long time. And we recently connected. And through that connection, as we were catching up, I found out that quite a number of years ago, she went through a devastating time in her life. And the enemy just hit on every side. And really, you talk about the enemy bombing. He just bombarded her. Of course, she's such a powerful woman of God. You know, she just jumped into telling me how God got her what she needed and 
and sent people into her life and told her where to go to be surrounded. And God just absolutely began to go to work in filling in the gaps and the fractures. And it was just amazing. And I, and I was so thankful for my friend to hear that. And when we finished our conversation, I was jumped in the car and was driving somewhere. And I thought about all the she had told me. And almost without realizing it, I realized that tears were just pouring down my face and emotion just overtook me. And I just wept in my car as I drove. And the reason that I was weeping is it hurt so much that here was someone that mattered to me, that was a friend to me, that had gone through something so hard and I counted myself as one of her allies, and I didn't know it was going on. And so I could not be there to stand with her. And then I just began to thank God because it didn't matter. She wasn't dependent on me. God brought her people in her life. But it just reminded me to make a quality decision to take an account of the allies that you have in your life, in those that you are allied to. And don't treat that lightly. Don't let the enemy take you for a ride and cut you apart from those allies, people that have walked with you, been with you, love you. Maybe you've been through some things and you don't understand, you know, everything that's been done or everything that's been said. But who are we to judge somebody by a bad day or a bad moment or maybe even a bad season and throw away a lifetime of love and care and connection. This just seems important that we talk about this this month on our podcast. And I want to close this out and just pray for you and pray together and ask God to create a place of solidifying those connections and allies that we have in our lives. Let's just do that together. Father, we just thank you for this work that you are doing. You are building a habitation of yourself in our lives, Father, so that people can see you in us and through us. But God, you have also knit us together in your family, and you have knit us through relationships and connections. And Father, I just pray over every person within the sound of my voice. Father, I pray a protection over those connections, over those allies. Father, that what you have joined together, that no man can separate. Father, that what you have spoken to us about and connected in our hearts, God, that we would not second guess, but we would see the play of the enemy coming and we would cut it off in its tracks. Father, we thank you for the flow, the life-giving flow that comes through divine connections in our lives. And we make a commitment, Father, to protect We make a commitment, Father, to make use of the allies in our lives, to reach out, Lord, to let them be there for us, to let them show up with supplies, show up with help on the scene. But Father, we also commit to be that ally to other people, to bring what they need in their moment of need. And we thank you for it. God, thank you for what you're building in the body of Christ Lord, your bride, Lord, thank you that we are a part of that. 
Father, I thank you that you set us in place. And because we are there, you cause us to grow in tremendous ways. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I pray that this has been a blessing and spoken to where you're at in life and hopefully maybe even opened up your eyes to some things that have been going on or have transpired and and God showing you he's sending you help and he's sending you help in the form of allies. Don't push them back. Let them come and take their place because no doubt there'll be a day where they're going to need you to come and do the same. On this podcast, we like to let you know that we have some resources available to help you on the path of destiny. And one of those is a book that was just released this past year that I wrote called Calling, Understanding Your Purpose, Place, and Position. We would love to get a copy of this book into your hands and you can find it wherever books are sold. You can find it on my website at jentringale.com. It's also available on amazon.com and it's also sold in Walmart, Target, and Barnes and Nobles. But there is a chapter in the book that speaks to what we've been talking about in this podcast, and it's called The Process. And I just believe that this will help bring you some more insight. There's some key things in there that we just don't have time to get into in a podcast, but I believe that book will help you as you move forward in what God has for your life. Thank you so much for joining us this month. Hey, have a great week, everybody, and I will see you back here next time. God bless.